What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Show. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Anthony Blattner. Anthony is the Chief Advertising Officer at Speedworks Social, Has also has a background, was a co-founder of Jackrabbit Mobile, Used to comes from the tech world, former IBMer, if you will, and really excited because we're, we're going to talk to him today about scaling enterprise sales with paid LinkedIn ads. So that's it's. I'm excited to hear. I'm excited to hear what we're going to get into, man. Just because everybody and anybody tells me that you can't leverage LinkedIn paid ads; they're too expensive. And so we're going to debunk all those myths, and you're going to show us where the unicorns, the uh, rainbows are, and then uh, the pot of gold. So welcome, welcome, man. Happy to have you on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, let's go find that pot of gold. <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, man. So just so you could give, I know I gave a really brief intro, but can you walk folks through just kind of your superhero origin story? So everybody has a concept of a little bit about who you are and just your expertise. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you said, I came into the, I, I come to the marketing world from the tech side of things. Back in the day, I started at IBM doing software development uh, and then did that for a while. And at IBM, we were building big e-commerce stores. Uh, after IBM, I started a mobile app development agency and we were building mobile apps, um, here in Austin and for a wide variety of companies, largely, uh, big tech companies who needed a mobile app down to startups. Um, this is like the very early days of mobile apps. Uh, and what I saw there was we would build all this software and all these apps and some of them, you know, back in the day would do really well. We just get on the app store, do really well, go viral, um, with a good marketing plan, you know, you got to get your name out there somehow. And then other companies that maybe they didn't have the full marketing plan and they still spent just as much time and effort building their app, but that without a good marketing plan or distribution plan, it just sits in the app store and it dies. Mm-hmm. So seeing kind of the need, need and the opportunity to help them, um, my segue into it was just naturally getting pulled into helping clients with their marketing after we built apps for them. And doing marketing for the agency. That was my segue into the marketing world. So I sold that agency a few years ago. And as I've started um, Speedwork, we've just focused on uh, LinkedIn ads over the last mo- uh, several years and mostly B2B. Um, so it's now helping tech companies and B2B companies uh, use LinkedIn ads to get in front of their target customer um, and manage their ad campaigns that way. Okay. Love it, man. So what's the what's the typical size that the companies are focused on that are leveraging this strategy? Like I guess average deal size is what we're talking about. Yeah. So to get started with LinkedIn ads, LinkedIn LinkedIn ads are a more expensive platform than most other ad platforms. Um, so we say that you want to have your LTV to be at least fifteen k for that ROI to make sense um, on LinkedIn. You know, if you compare to other ad pl- platforms, LinkedIn you're starting with a CPC usually around eight to twelve bucks per click in the U.S. Mm-hmm. 
um, for, for that kind of like mid-level and up manager. If you go to target, you know, Fortune 500 CEOs, then sure, that's going to be a little bit more expensive. But most campaigns start around 8 to 12 bucks per click. We usually see lead costs are usually about 50 to 100 bucks to start. Um, all depends on who you're targeting. But yeah, for, for, that, um, for that sales funnel calculation, you'll probably want your, you want your LTV to be at least 15K or more. Okay. And, and so let me ask you this, like why, if it's that high, why even use LinkedIn for paid ads in the first place, man? Like why wouldn't you use Facebook? I know Facebook's starting to climb ad wise. Um, you know, there's the SEO folks out there, there's YouTube. So like why LinkedIn? I think that'd just be a good question because a lot of people don't look in that. I mean, like I'll tell you, man, I meet with lots of CEOs uh, of tech companies all the time. And, you know, I have numerous customers that, that I consult on it and not one single person mentions LinkedIn for paid ads. So, so let's just start there, man. Why, why LinkedIn for paid ads? Yeah. So a few different reasons. Um, one just kind of starts with that, depending on who your target audience is, if you're a B2B company that needs to target a niche professional at scale, that's where mm-hmm. LinkedIn is going to come in useful. If your company is B2C or, or if you serve all business owners, you know, maybe like a payroll solution, you serve all business owners, then then Facebook will be a better platform for you. But when you need to target a very dis, very specific decision maker at a very specific type of company, um, that's when LinkedIn's gonna come in handy because we have those targeting options for um, usually you know job title, industry, company size is what we're most often using. So, you know, say you need, say you want HR directors at financial services companies at like the biggest financial services companies, you know, that's going to be finding a needle on the haystack on a platform like Facebook, but on LinkedIn, I can directly put in those job titles, select that industry and that company size. And then those will be the people that you're reaching. Um, Also right now is kind of an interesting time in the advertising world with iOS 14 rolling out. Uh, If you've heard any of the news, Facebook uh, is probably gonna be the most impacted by those changes. Mm -hmm. Um, And LinkedIn will will be one of the least impacted because all the data that we're using comes right from LinkedIn. So new iOS 14 is going to limit tracking off platforms. So, you know, all, all ad platforms will be limited in their conversion tracking and retargeting. But as far as, you know, how the ad platforms work, a lot of how Facebook works is by understanding a person based on what they do um, off the platform, you know, what sites do they go to, what do they buy uh, and stuff like that. Whereas on LinkedIn, we're targeting based on who somebody is at a company um, so, you know, kind of go back to it. It's LinkedIn. LinkedIn is kind of the only place to have a lot of those targeting options for B2B companies. It's a good angle, man. I like that. You weaved in iOS privacy policy. It's hot. <laughs> it's been good news recently. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fast advertising with like Ryan Reynolds, you know, you're hitting on that. I love it. So, which is, it's totally applicable. And I, I mean, I can't even tell you, I have a lot of entrepreneurs I'm friends with and the ones that do do uh, Facebook, they're just like, People are getting tired of getting their ad shut, ad account shut down all the time, and everything like that. So, um, makes sense. I, I guess, like, are the the targeting parameters just specific to like what you'd see in Sales Navigator, or how deep does it go? Um, so, target parameters are very similar to Sales Navigator. Um, they are they are slightly different in a few ways, but we do have more options on the ad side of things. So, it does go further into like interests um, and other. Uh, data sources that LinkedIn pulls in, you know, if somebody's searching for a job, um, mm-hmm. if they're, if it's a, if they're open to a new job, there's a bunch of other like traits that LinkedIn is putting together based on somebody, um, based on how they use the LinkedIn platform. So it is very similar to sales navigator, uh, just 
you know, on the ad side of things, it's a much more, so sales navigator is a great tool and a great for direct outreach. The ad side of things is when you want to take that to the next level and get a lot more volume out of your, you know, you can reach a lot more people faster with the ads platform. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, so, so let's, let's get into that. So when you, when you're looking at, at targeting, I guess, like give, like walk us through what an example of a campaign would be and like the outcomes that, that people could expect if they went down this route. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go back to like the HR at financial services company example, you know, say, say you um, provide software for HR directors at financial services companies, financial services have a lot of compliance and regulatory things going on. So maybe you have software that helps them verify compliance for their employees. Um, so if you are offering software like that, um, you have a very specific target audience. So we'd start we always start with targeting, you know, who do we want to get in front of? And then what's the offer that we want to put in front of them? Uh, and then it's how do we package that offer in a way, um, you know, into an ad unit that's going to show up on LinkedIn. So starting with your targeting, usually we're going to outline who they are, where they work, uh, and those different um, parameters. So I'd say most common, it's like job title, industry, and company size. Often we'll take that another level deeper, depending on the size of the audience, uh, adding in like skills and groups. Um, skills are great for, you know, say, say there's a specific type of HR person, maybe there's a compliance, um, skill out there in the financial world. There's lots of compliance skills and certification skills that somebody could have. So if you wanted to target an HR director, that's already like trained in this new compliance thing, who just needs your software, um, to kind of automate what they're doing, then that's like a perfect way to put together an audience. So HR directors, financial services companies, um, you know, say your software is expensive and you want to target the upper level people, you would choose a company size of, you know, say a thousand, thousand and up uh, from there. So that's kind of putting together your audience. And then after we put together your audience, then it's what are the offers that we want to put in front of them. So uh, LinkedIn is an expensive platform and people are usually on it for a short period of time. You know, Facebook is more of like a get on, hang out, scroll around kind of thing. On LinkedIn, people are usually jumping on to go maybe look up somebody who they're about to have a meeting with. Maybe they received a message they want to respond to. You know, maybe they're connecting with other people in their network. So it's usually hopping on to do a specific task. Um, you know, maybe they're also like looking for a job or they're, they're posting a job, something like that. So people are usually on LinkedIn for a specific, um, specific task. So you got to grab their attention quick and we use it largely for top of funnel lead generation <clears throat> so that we can capture this high quality traffic and then they're in your funnel and then you follow up with them from there. So I'm kind of talking about like overall campaign structure and funnel structure here, but often for campaigns, we're starting with a lead magnet as the type of offer. So that's usually a, a content offer, maybe like a PDF or a guide or a white paper that's going to grab someone's attention, makes it easy for them to opt in and sign up. Um, and with that lead magnet, there's a lot of strategy that can go into that, but basically think about the pain points or solutions that you're going to be um, solving or speaking to for somebody. And then in that lead magnet, obviously you speak to that. And then of course, position your product or service as like a solution or an option to help them with, with that. So lead magnets, the best ones we typically see are like checklists, PDFs and guides, you know, webinars can work well too. Um, free trials can work and stuff like that, but you'll, often use like a lead magnet to get um, people to sign up to download it. And then you're, they're in your funnel. And then again, because LinkedIn ad is an expensive channel, we focus LinkedIn largely on top of funnel lead generation. And then once you have their email, once they've been to your website, <clears throat> then your sales team can follow up them directly and move them down the funnel from there. 
Okay. So you, you have folks follow up directly from the, I guess, like the point, do you do like a thank you page? I don't want to say a thank you page upsell, but thank you page, book a call for like the higher ticket items. Um, or how do you, or do you go basically, I guess, what do you see work better? That or more the approach where like once they book the, that, they sign up for the lead, you get their email, the phone number, and then the sales team follows up at, I guess, like, what, what, do you, what do you see work better based on the data? Yeah, so I, I recommend, like, a multi-channel approach in the follow-up. A lot of it's going to depend on how, kind of a, a coming into it, how aware is somebody likely to be? Have they heard of your company before? Um, do, uh, do they understand the solution that you're offering? You know, is this a brand new system that no one's built before that they need to kind of learn about that? Or are there other options out there so that when you explain to them, they already kind of know? But um, that will frame how you want to position your landing page. Basically, you'll take some, you know, someone signing up for a lead magnet, send them to that next page so they can get it right away. That's when they're going to most want to read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, also send them an email at the same time with that link so that they can go back later to read it. But usually on that landing page, we'll embed the lead magnet on there so that they can go to a website experience and see, get whatever they signed up for. Um, but then also be on a website experience so that they can, you know, scroll around and learn more. Um, B2B sales tends to be a longer sales cycle than your average purchase, um, especially as you get like higher ticket offers. So it's not likely that someone's going to pull the trigger right away. Maybe, maybe not even be ready to book a call right away. So kind of expect that in your follow-up where you'll want to have your email sequences there um, and you'll want to have your sales team ready to call out at some point soon. Uh, you know, we do recommend make contact relatively soon after they sign up and, and they read that because that's when the familiar, familiarity is going to be there. But know that it could also take a few other follow-ups where you make contact to build familiarity, but then it might take a couple of days or a weeks and people to receive case studies and learn more about your company. And then from there, then they're like, okay, I understand the solution. And I think it's going to work for me. I'm ready to book a sales call or consider, consider buying from there. Um, so I do recommend a multi-channel follow-up process, but as far as the landing page goes, send them to a website experience and have the, the lead magnet embedded there and then offer them some more content, whether it's links to click, you know, scroll around to learn more to your blog, to other services pages. And then, yeah, do you have a way to, for them to get in contact with you? You know, usually that's like a CTA in the top right and then lower on the page. Uh, and then you can offer them to book a call through that, through like a, a widget, a scheduling widget. Okay. Like HubSpot or Canly or something like that. Just have it in there. Yeah. It's like, like an application piece. Okay. Excellent, ma'am. So, um, so that was a great description. That was a great breakdown, and, and so it follows a lot of the mechanics you see on the other on, on the other platforms when you're when you're talking about it. Um, I guess when like if we're, if we're talking about niching down, and you're saying organizations with with larger deal sizes, um, does this work well for SaaS, professional services, consulting, um, all of the above? What's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, kind of all the above there. You know, there's a few different criteria we typically look for, and it does start with like number one, what is your average LTV for your customer? Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly is is who specifically are you targeting? Um, things that you'll need to consider is um, what's the size of your target audience and is there good targeting criteria there for who you're looking to target? You know, every once in a while, it could be someone's looking for a, a very specific type of company or role that maybe doesn't have a defined job title or, or their industry is relatively undefined. Um, 
you know, for, for an example is manufacturing can be difficult to target sometimes because there are so many manufacturing industries, whereas like LinkedIn breaks it down into like, you know, chemical manufacturing or like um, plastics manufacturing. So if you serve one of those, then yes, we can pick one of those industries to target. But if you have, if you are targeting job titles where um, there's just not many people out there with that title, or a lot of times people say, I don't really know who's the decision maker or it can be anybody in the company. Then you got to start with some split testing to see, hey, we'll break down maybe by function or we'll select a few of the top job titles to split test performance there. But yeah, usually what we look for is deal size and then targetability of the audience. Okay. And what's the minimum audience size you're, you're looking at? Like what's what's the range in terms of candidates that you pull up? Yeah, so minimum, you know, guidelines is we want to see about 100,000 people on LinkedIn when we're when we're sizing it up because then that'll give you some options for subdividing it and split testing it from there. Uh, absolute minimum, you know, you can go down to like the 20,000 or 30,000 people person level if you if you know what you're doing. Um, and we do often get very specific because that's the that's why you use LinkedIn often is being very specific on who's that specific person at what type of company that you want to target. Um, but if you're just sizing up your audience, you know, you do want to have a sizable audience so that we can layer in some of those targeting options and then also do some split testing for you. Okay. Cool, man. So that's a pretty, pretty big, big audience. If we're talking like a hundred K and, and an interesting point to talk about is that's kind of the opposite of what you usually see on other platforms like Facebook. So if you are currently advertising on Facebook or maybe have tried that, um, we do see a lot of people tend to kind of just import their Facebook campaigns into LinkedIn and see how they do. Uh, but the issue with that there is on Facebook, you usually give it a big audience and you let the algorithm go kind of find the right person inside that audience based on who is converting or who is clicking and not. So you rely a lot on the algorithm to figure that out for you. But on LinkedIn, um, we have those targeting options. So we don't want to just rely on the algorithm uh, because if you're paying eight to 10 bucks per click, that can add up pretty quickly. So you want to eliminate the chance of any uh, irrelevant clicks. Um, so on LinkedIn, we tend to be a lot, you know, very specific on who we're targeting. Whereas on Facebook, you usually give it a big audience and let, let the algorithm go do it for you. So, and I, and that, I mean, now that you, you mentioned that, I mean, that totally makes sense, right? You're instead of having the algorithm to do the work and broad. Um, but is here's my question with like hundred K hundred thousand people is like ideal to start. Is that restrictive when you're, you're targeting like, let's say CIOs or CTOs or VPs of IT. Um, is it hard to find that, that audience size of a hundred thousand? Um, it can be occasionally, you know, I've talked to people before who are like, Hey, I want CEOs of fortune 500 companies. And it's like, all right, well, there's 500 of them. (laughs) Um, so you know, it is going to be a a trade-off of, you know, how high level are you looking to target? How many people are out there that you can target there? And knowing that the higher level that is and the less people, the more expensive it's going to be. So you know, for the right offers, it, you know, it will make sense to pay that higher price to reach those CIOs at Fortune 500 companies or CEOs. Um, but other things that we'll typically discuss is, you know, maybe who else is a good entry point into this company that we can also target. So, you know, often we are split testing different seniorities and different functions uh, and then watching those leads through the funnel so that you can, you can t- tell, you know, who is making it to the book a call stage who's had a good demo, who's interested in buying, and then tying that back to, okay, what campaign did they come from? And even like what ad did they sign up through so that we can you know, start to uh, make some optimizations there. Okay. I like that, Matt. 
So what, what about retargeting? Is there anything that you do uh, retargeting-wise that you've seen work really well? Uh, yeah, so retargeting, um, you know, first of all, back to the iOS thing, is it's going to be interesting to see as this rolls out over the next few months. Um, Google's also said about a year from now they're going to stop doing tracking as well. So basic retargeting is going to be limited um, based on as you go to other websites off of LinkedIn. Um, it's going to be more difficult. Those audiences are going to be a lot smaller in retargeting. Uh, that said, we're still able to retarget uh, video views and like lead form opens and some activity on LinkedIn. Um, but what's also interesting is there's a lot of data platforms out there and LinkedIn does have a lot of integrations to the major data platforms. Um, so, you know, platforms like Sixth Sense or Terminus can push lists into LinkedIn. So depending on what you're doing, if you have an ABM strategy, you can often build lists in these data platforms and then push them into LinkedIn and then we can target those people that way. Okay. Got that. That makes sense. Yeah. I can see with like Sixth Sense. Um, I'm actually, uh, have you worked a lot with them? Have you done any work with them? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know uh, Letney over there is the chief market officer and, and more Brady, some great people over there. So um, so just just kind of progressing. So let's let's take, you know, I'm a business owner. I'm, I got deal sizes that are 15,000 and above. You know, give me a three to five step framework. I want to go up and start setting up some ads um, and start targeting some folks. Obviously, they're not going to have the level of skill set. But what's something actionable that someone could take to start making progress in this right now that fits that kind of category? Yeah, so if you're just getting, looking to get started right now, grab whatever is your best piece of content. It, and if you don't have one, create some kind of checklist for your industry, your target audience. Create some kind of ultimate guide to your industry. Uh, have a good lead magnet and then create a lead generation campaign on LinkedIn. Be very specific on who you're going to target. You know, Ideally, give it at least... Th- 30,000 people, um, and then set up a, a lead magnet, lead generation campaign. And then as people sign up, they're going to get it into your funnel and then you start the rest of your sales process from there. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's good. It's, that's simple and basic, uh, which I love, you know, and I guess like how long in terms of like a, a follow up, I guess like how long do you typically think you need to run the campaigns for to start getting traction and, and to start getting good data? And then like how long, you know, do you see after you get the initial opt-in to conversions on average, like, I guess, what are some benchmarks that people should shoot for? Yeah. So, so some things that we look for there is, you know, when you first launch your campaign, you're going to start seeing leads right away. And as they uh, opt in, so a, a tip is in that lead form, ask for their LinkedIn profile URL, because then with that URL, you can go get the rest of the information on the profile and learn a lot more about these people. But I say that because, you know, you're going to see leads signing up you know, ideally on day one, in the first week, you're going to see leads coming through and then you can go research those people and start to evaluate, are we getting the right type of people? Um, If so, great, let's keep going. If not, let's go revise our targeting. Uh, And then as people are signing up, um, you know, over the course of the first month, you're going to start seeing some performance data. So before you, before you launch, you want to set up a few different split tests so that you can split test different audience targeting, um, different offers to that audience. And then of course, all your different ads underneath there. Um, but have a few different split tests set up so that over the course of a month, you can start seeing some, some performance data come in. We usually recommend if you're, you know, if you're like, Hey, I just want a, a small test to run, then probably ballpark about 3000 in ad spend. And then over the course of a month, um, and then over that time, you'll start to see which audiences are doing the best, which offers are doing the best, what's my cost per lead. And that gives you some front end metrics. Um, so then 
next step after that is starting to consider what your typical uh, sales process is and what's your what's your sales cycle. So if it's a typically a three month sales cycle, then the next thing that you look at is over the course of three months, how many of those leads have made it through to the next step, how many have purchased, um, and from there you'll start to calculate some ROI metrics as far as you know what are the ROIs of, the, of this campaign. Love it. That's good, man. That's actual. That's that's insightful. That's that's good stuff. And so, um, last but not least, I guess like, is there a dollar amount that it kind of tops off at that you've seen like a, a top threshold or a minimum threshold in terms of you mentioned three k for a month to test it out? Or I mean, do you see like okay, so that's a test is like a good sweet spot like ten thousand a month is does it top out at fifty k a month? Any any parameter insights there? Yeah, good question. Um, so for a one-time test, 3000 you can get away with doing a test that way. We see most people that run extended campaigns for several months are usually spending at least 5000 a month um, mm-hmm. because then you're getting a sufficient number of leads. You know, g- given that your lead cost is between 50 to 100 bucks per lead, um, then the ones that are spending at least 5000 are getting a, enough lead flow coming in that you're then pushing the numbers through the rest of your funnel and driving customers from there. So I recommend for long-term success, at least 5000 per month. But then, yeah, getting up into the, the big numbers, if you're um, looking to spend, you know, if your ad budget is sizable, then then it depends on who with the size of your target audience and mm-hmm. You know, things that I've seen on different campaigns is maybe what geography are you targeting? Are you just U.S.? Are you just in specific cities in the U.S.? Are you global? Um, so as far as topping out, you know, we've we've run campaigns about 100,000, 200,000. And, you know, you can see scalable results there. Um, so once you get above that level, then it just really depends on the size of your target audience. Yeah. And what do you think are the biggest mistakes that, that you've seen people make in this area? Uh, biggest mistakes, I'd say the main two things is one, um, is one, just most people have started on Facebook and just try to import that campaign to LinkedIn. And kind of, as I explained earlier, uh, they have a giant audience size and they're getting a lot of clicks from people who aren't, you know, really who they want to be reaching and they're spending a lot of money, um, and not getting good results. So, uh, mistake number one is targeting too big of an audience. Uh, mistake number two is most people, you know, the goal, sure, the goal for all sales and marketing processes is to drive sales. So most people are like, all right, well, we're going to throw, schedule a demo in the ad or sign up for a free consultation. But for your average company, most people have not heard about your company before. So saying free consultation, they have no idea what you do. You know, they don't really know what you do, that they're not going to really take you serious to click through to actually book that call. Maybe they click through because they're interested, but then you're paying a lot of money for a lot of those clicks of people that don't really know what you do. So that's why we advocate to start with a lead magnet approach because you're going to speak to where they're currently at, you know, what are their current problems and opportunities. And then through reading that, they're going to learn more about your company and then be ready to book that call. So I also see most people try to start too direct too fast. You know, that said is when we do have ones that um, convert very well in the lead magnet, um, you know, we'll monitor lead quality, but those are good candidates to maybe then offer a more direct um, offer. Because if your lead magnet is doing extremely well, you have a high conversion rate, then, you know, you have a hot audience here. So then, okay, now we can either use it as a retargeting campaign to push them back to book a call, or we can test out running a, um, you know, a direct CTA like that. Okay. And 
I'm sorry, I keep coming up with questions, man. As you're going, you're, you're answering some good stuff here. Yeah. So this is uh, this is great. So, um, and I know you're 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 opting for no no pun in, no pun intended. Actually, it was pun intended, right? <laughs> but you're opting for um, the lead magnet or the checklist. Do you are those just like a static ad, or are you doing video? Um, so we recommend starting with image ads, and the reason is because videos often tend to be flashy and. On LinkedIn, you're usually paying for every click, and many people click before they really know what's in that video. So, you know, you could have some flashiness, you could have like an office scene, you maybe some text pops up, but somebody clicked before they really know what's going on. <laughs> so, you get a lot of, uh, you know, irrelevant clicks that way. And we do see that image ads usually convert a lot better because someone could just view an image and immediately digest it so they know exactly what it is that you're offering. Okay. Perfect. Videos are great for, you know, um, more top of funnel when you want to build that brand awareness, you know, for, for those campaigns, you're asking about like, what's the maximum you can spend. And what we start doing, once you reach that hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars level and more is we start adding more brand building up front so that that'll increase your conversion rates down the funnel because someone's already seen your video mm-hmm. or um, already spent one of your blog posts based on those top of funnel campaigns. Um, and then video is good for retargeting as well um, because People that maybe have seen your ads, maybe click but didn't opt in, um, or who did opt in, video is a great way to uh, convey more information to them that maybe, you know, you want to have multi-channel, but email, uh, you're sending them emails, but video is just another good way to get in front of them that they can learn more about your company and then be ready to take that next step. Excellent, man. Way, way to round it out. And and yeah, I mean, like everybody references like paid ads and I'm, I'm doing air quotes for that. But bottom line is if, if you're paid traffic, if, if you, you pay for it either way, either pay for it with your time or your money. Right. So, I mean, it's totally relevant and eventually you get topped out if you're trying to do it all organic. And so it's just it's it's another tool that you could use to exponentially grow your company if you just kind of figure it out the right way. So I think this is really helpful. And um, so we're up on time, Anthony. But before we take off. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can learn more about you and, and what you're doing? Absolutely. Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I am the only Anthony Blattner on LinkedIn. So look me up. Uh, feel free to send me a connection request. We can chat there. Uh, but also you can learn more about what we're up to at speedworksocial.com. Uh, we have a lot of blog posts about LinkedIn ads and best practices from both the targeting and the ads themselves. Um, and then if you want to reach me directly, my email is anthony at speedworksocial.com. Feel free to shoot me an email. Excellent, man. Well, it was a, I know I, I was rapid firing questions at you the whole time. So I think we covered a lot of ground, though. And, and like I said, man, it's going to be really useful for a lot of folks out there just to have an option that I would say most people automatically disqualify because, A, they're probably not doing it the right way. Like, and B, they're doing things like importing an entire Facebook uh, campaign of, of emails and addresses in I've heard that a lot too. So um, thanks, man. It was awesome having you on and everybody appreciate you checking us out and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for having me. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources. So I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I want to ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, 
I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.